produced by Podcast Architects. Hi, Shanna Borman here today with Straight Talk and Honest Advice, my podcast about the journey. That is the client's journey and making the decision to file for divorce, the process of divorce, and then how that divorce evolves into single life post-marriage. So I'm here today at the Stella Hotel, and thank you, Stella, for hosting us with Tyler Crow, who's a lawyer here in town, who is a family law lawyer. And Tyler, thank you so much for coming in and joining me today. Thanks for having me. Um, I, I wanted to talk to you today, Tyler. We've, I've, I've been visiting with people about their journey. That is, I've been visiting with clients or former clients about the, the way they came to make the decision, what that, you know, what the divorce process was like and how their lives are now. But I wanted to get a little bit of a, a lawyer's perspective as well. You know, I'm a family law lawyer. And, and I wanted to kind of share some, you know, share some questions with you and get some, get some insight. Can you tell me, Tyler, you know, everyone has their own idea of what a, what a lawyer is and everybody has their idea of what a divorce lawyer is. Can, can you share with our viewers why you believe a divorce lawyer is important and, and sort of what do they bring to the table? Absolutely. I think um, in my experience during the process of divorce, what I find with our clients is that they're not thinking about things that are going to impact them down the road after this divorce is over. They're not thinking about how to divide their retirement accounts. They're not thinking about how to separate the car titles. They're not thinking about how to um, separate the house title, right? And, and they're not thinking about, frankly, the custody arrangements and the implications of those custody arrangements. What they're thinking about is the emotional aspects of the divorce. What did I do wrong? Could I have done this differently? And they're so in it and so close to the situation that they don't have a good outsider's perspective. And I think that's what a divorce attorney can offer them is there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's not an oncoming train and that you will get through it at one point. Mm -hmm. And so my job is to help you guide you through that process, let you know your options so that you can make an informed decision at a time where you are too emotionally involved, understandably so, mm -hmm. too emotionally involved to make that decision mm -hmm. or to think about those options. Well, a lot of times I think people don't know even what they don't know. Right. Would you agree? Right. That many times people don't even know that these are things that they do have to consider at the time they're divorcing. Right. Uh, you know, <clears throat> what is it that you think people should consider when they're going about hiring a lawyer? I think you need to consider that this is the last resort. Number one, what 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 you're talking about before you meet with a divorce attorney, picking the divorce attorney might be a separate issue. Right. And, and it is. But when you're talking about divorce, what you should consider is that this is the last option. I have tried everything. I cannot think of anything else to do to try to save my marriage. And the other party is either unwilling or unable to cooperate and to help save the marriage. And so this is the last option, mm -hmm. right? This is the last resort. The nuclear option. The nuclear option. I, I say that a lot to clients, that this is it. This is part of it. Mm -hmm. And so then when picking a divorce attorney, I think what people should consider is the honesty factor. Is this person telling me what I want to hear? Or is this person going to be honest with me and, and have tough conversations? Because divorce is, the entirety of it is a tough conversation. Mm -hmm. Everything can mm -hmm. be tough. Mm -hmm. 
And so during that process, is this person that I'm asking for help, are they going to shoot me straight? Are they going to tell me what I want to hear? Or are they going to tell me what I need to hear? Mm -hmm. And that's what you need to think about is that divorce is the last option. And then when I'm interviewing people to, to help me through this process, can I trust that when I'm in the emotional fog, that this person will tell me honestly what I should do and what's best for me? So how do you go about doing that? Do you, when you, when you say, tell me what it, you know, what my options are and what's best for me, do you tell people what they should do? I mean, how do you go about like writing that line? Absolutely. I, I think it's not my job to be an information gatekeeper, mm-hmm. right? It's not my job to say this information, my client needs to know this information, my client doesn't need to know. Mm-hmm. And so it, I often use the analogy that if there's a fork in the road and I know that going left takes you off a cliff but going right takes you to a meadow, I'm not just going to tell the client, just go right, trust me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you that if you go left, you're going to jump off a cliff, Mm -hmm. right? So you should go right. But if you ultimately decide that left is the way that you want to go, then that's the decision. But my job is not to say this information is important. Um, This information is not important, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell my client this, but I'm not going to tell them that. That's not what my job is. My job is to give you all the information let you know about the consequences of your actions as I see them and as the law would see them, Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. let you make that decision. So the client's ultimately the one in control. Always. I I think I say in every consultation, or I try to say that I work for you. I I work for you. Ultimately, you're my boss. You're the client. You tell me where to go, and I'll tell you the consequences and the repercussions of going that way. Mm -hmm. But I work for you ultimately. Mm -hmm. Do you find that that when when clients are are trying to seek a lawyer, they're trying to get advice, that there are kind of consistent themes in that vein? I think so. I think that most people, um, especially people that may not might not be considered the breadwinner, they're trusting in a way that's vulnerable because they've not had necessarily the income that the other party has. And so there's a lot of um, deferring to, well, whatever you think is best, you know, and, and that I hear that a lot in my office, whatever you think is best. And so you have to reiterate with people, no, I, I need you to have a stake in this. And, mm-hmm. and this is a stake, you know, ultimately in how this case goes, how a case goes is, is decided by what the client wants. And so you have a stake in this, right? I have a stake in this because I want the best outcome for you. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you have to tell me where, you know, what, what's the best outcome, right? What's and that accountability, right? Don't you find that that empowers them as well? Yes, I think it's a great first step towards their quote unquote new life. Mm-hmm. I, I always recommend that during the divorce, before the divorce, after the divorce, people talk to somebody, talk to a counselor. Mm-hmm. I think counseling is always a great option. I think that it can help people in ways that I certainly can't. I'm not a licensed counselor or a therapist mm-hmm. or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. And so that's the first step. Accountability is a great first step. Um, a great next step is to realize that you might have flaws, but that those flaws are fixable. Counseling can help. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not broken. You're not a broken person. Mm-hmm. And do you find that they are uh, critical of themselves in a way that they don't trust the decisions that they could make? I think sometimes people will defer to, they'll fall back to their old selves or their selves during the marriage, whatever their role was during the marriage. Mm-hmm. But it's also my job to see them, to to let them see or to show them that they don't have to be that person. You know, you you can change your roles. And so the accountability, like we talked about earlier, is a great first step. But that you know, when it's reflecting 
the divorce process itself can bring out something in you that you didn't know existed, both good and bad, right? right? But I want you to see the good. I want you to see that there is other options for you and that your your life can change. So in that life change, right? I mean, that is so important. Do you try to help people focus on what their lives will look like down the road? Or do you find that they just need to get through today? I mean, what is the what is the focus when when they're going through the process? I think it's different for everybody. I think some people are very forward thinking. Um, and that's in cases where there might not be children that are underage, right? Because they're they can see themselves as kind of an independent person outside of their children, right? Mm -hmm. Or if they have older children. Mm -hmm. But I find that people with children sometimes do just need to take it day to day. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Whatever stage of life you're in, when you've reached the decision that divorce is, is the right decision, mm -hmm. um, we can help you. And there is an answer for you. It doesn't have to be, and it can change. Uh, the other thing I, I say often is I reserve the right to change, right? If you want to, today you just want to take it day by day, let's take it day by day and we'll help you through that. But if you want to question, well, how do I, how am I going to retire because this divorce is going to cost me X, Y, and Z, we can talk about that. Mm -hmm. We can talk about how you will be impacted throughout the divorce. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So being sensitive to the client's needs in the moment. Absolutely. And knowing that that moment can change. So how, do, how does the client know that the lawyer can provide that for them? How, I mean, do they just have to, I guess, trust or on take it on faith that, that a lawyer can. And if a lawyer can't or won't, they should maybe look someplace else. Or what do you, what, how do you see that? It, it's difficult for clients to always trust what they're hearing, especially if they don't know anything about the law or mm -hmm. anything about divorce. We get clients that say, well, my friend went through this. My sister went through this. Right. Uh, I know what to expect, right. Or what mm -hmm. to think about, but but do they really? But do they really? But right. And and so it's difficult, but I think what's what you can do is look at the track record of the attorney. Look at their history. Um, look at their reputation throughout the community and decide for yourself if that's someone that you can see yourself working with, you know, employing for your mm -hmm. services. Um, but also at some point, you will have to trust your own gut. You will have to take that leap. And no one's going to make you do that first step. You kind of have to take that first step on your own and trust that you're making the right decision. And I think it goes back to that honesty that we talk that I talk about with, with your attorney. If the attorney is telling you um, the, the truth, you're gonna, that's going to feel good. You're not going to feel like you're getting a sales pitch, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's going to feel sincere. Yes. It's going to feel real. Yes. Right. I mean, what I, what I, when I meet someone new, I always kind of get a, take their, take their, I don't know, energy maybe, you know, kind of get their feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is so critical. You know, you have to be comfortable. I, I'll tell people often, you know, you don't have to get naked in front of me. It's not like you're hiring a doctor that way, but, right. but you do have to tell me things that you may not want to tell everybody. And you have to feel comfortable enough to do that. Right. Do you find that you have a, uh, clients have reluctance to be honest and completely forthright with, with, with their lawyer? Oftentimes, I, I think the best way to disarm a client in that respect is to ask them a, ask them directly about their shortcomings. Uh, I often ask in my consultations, what is the other party going to say about you? Mm -hmm. What's the worst thing they're going to say? What are they going to say about you? Mm -hmm. and, and that question sparks an answer in people because they'll look at themselves honestly and say, oh, I do this or oh, I do that. I very rarely, I don't know if even ever have had a client that said, nothing, I'm perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, someone will always come up with something about 
themselves, that might be negative. And so that sparks an honesty and a, a kind of rapport that I'm not going to judge you. You can tell me whatever you want. I'm not going to judge you. I want to help you. And so if you're not telling me something that you know will hurt your case or would help your case down the road, I need you to tell me that. And I'm not going to judge you. We're still going to be friends. I'm still going to work for you. Right. And I'm still going to help you, even if something you tell me is really bad or really, mm -hmm. you know, you're really ashamed of it. I'm still going to help you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Judge not the help. Yes, right? you know, we absolutely. Are here, we are here to help, not to not to judge. What advice would you give to someone who is embarking on that path? That is to say, you know, may, have made the decision to file for divorce. They've they've decided to do that. They've decided which lawyer to hire. What advice would you give to them in that process? To be patient. And that's really, really, really difficult because again, it harps back to my sister was divorced in six months. My, uh, somebody at my office was divorced in three years. I'm really scared about the timeline. Mm -hmm. And to me, what I say is you have to be patient because every case is different. Mm -hmm. There's, there is no form for divorce. Every case is different. And so you need to be patient. Um, it is a process that is going to feel at times excruciating. Um, but every case is different and, and the honesty and the communication between you and your attorney is important so that you understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. Not just what, but also the why. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that back going back to the information gatekeeper, if you're open and honest with clients, they will understand why it's taking so long. They may not like it. They might not like it, right. but they'll be way more inclined to understand mm -hmm. and to give you a little bit of grace as their attorney, right? To, if, if you're open and honest with them. And mm -hmm. so I think clients, if you're going through this journey, you've had an attorney, you've hired someone and you're in the middle of the process, be patient, but also ask questions. And if you're not getting the questions about the timeline or, or what's taking so long, then you could start to reconsider your decision as far as who you've hired, but, mm -hmm. but be patient. Mm -hmm. So do you see, or have you seen a change in the way, I guess, family law or the divorce landscape lies? Have you noticed, have you seen a change in that or do you foresee any changes in the future? Absolutely. I think that the ability to gather information has expanded in just the short time that I've been practicing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's only going to keep expanding. And I would tell people that it is very, very hard to hide anything nowadays. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we are attached to our phones, and our phones have a lot of information. Uh, Google can track where you've been for the last week, every location. You can go to the dry cleaners, mm -hmm. and those reports are easily available. Those reports are easily available. And discovery is a very complicated process, um, but it's made simpler by all this technology. Because it's all uploadable to the cloud, or I can email it to you, or I can, backs up. I can get a link, it automatically backs up, it's, it's put on a flash drive. And so I think family law has really changed because it used to be if you had bank accounts and, and different things that maybe your spouse didn't know about, it was hard for them to find out about that. But now it's not. It's really, really easy. And so that's only going to change as technology increases and gets better. Only going to get easier. It's only going to get easier. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to expand five fold by the next time we have this conversation. There's going to be a way, another app that I can download to get text messages that didn't exist yep. today. Yep. Yep. I absolutely think you're totally dead on right. 
Now, you know, I, I think I know you're a, a Dave Ramsey financial peace instructor. Is that right? That's correct. Can, yes. can you can you share with our viewers what it is that, you know, what does that mean and how does that help people and how would that translate to your family law practice? Absolutely. So uh, Dave Ramsey, he established Financial Peace University, which is a nine-week program teaching people about their money. Mm -hmm. um, and what I have learned from him uh, and what I teach to others is that money is at the root of all success and all failure in a marriage. And what I mean by that and, and what I what I have taken from his teachings is that it's really about trust. Do you trust your partner? And if you cannot trust someone completely with your money, then I don't think your marriage is going to be one that lasts long term. There are people that have separate bank accounts mm -hmm. in this world. Mm -hmm. And they've been married for a long time, longer than me, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But I think that at the root of their marriage, there is a trust issue, whether they would admit it or not. There's a trust issue with not saying, okay, we can have a joint account. And so that's what I try to teach people is that if you are going to trust this person, you're going to stand up in front of your friends and family, and you're going to say, I do, and you're going to raise kids together, and you're going to go through trials and tribulations, but you're not going to trust them with their ch your checking account or your paycheck. There's really a deeper issue there. It's not about the $2,000 a month, or it's not about the, the retirement account. It's about you not trusting them. And that's something that can be overcome. Mm -hmm. If you have a separate bank account, it's not the end of the world. You can have joint accounts, right? And you can have success with that. But I think at the end, you really have to decide, do I trust this person completely? 100% do I trust them mm -hmm. enough to give everything of myself to this marriage? Literally. Literally mm -hmm. Everything of myself to this marriage. Or do I just want to hold back because I'm not sure? Well, how do, how do you kind of translate those teachings, that idea of complete disclosure and absolute, you know, sharing of access and, and, um, you know, information. How do you translate that to your family law practice? Well, do you what say to someone, well, you guys don't have joint accounts. So, you know, really you're, you're done anyway. I mean, or do you say, well, you had a joint account, so, you know, you should try harder. Right. Yeah. I think what it really shows people is that there's a, uh, grasshopper, right? And there's the ant, there's the oh, saver and the spender. I say it all the you time. love that I analogy. That I've heard time. you say that before. The, the grasshopper and the ant. And there are different types of people when it comes to money. That's just a fact of, of the matter. And again, not saying if you're one type or the other, you're going to fail, your marriage is going to fail. Absolutely not saying that at all. But depending on what type you are and knowing what type you are, I think that can help spark communication between the parties. Right. And say, listen, you know, I view money this way and I want to be open and honest with you. It makes me anxious when we don't have an emergency fund, for example. Right. Right. Or I want to be open and honest with you. It makes me anxious when we have credit card bills this high. And I think the also uh, another aspect of the money conversation is getting on the same page, mm -hmm. becoming a team. Mm -hmm. You guys are the team. You are the team husband and wife. You are the team spouses to, to the success of your marriage, to the success of your children if you have them. And get on a team. Become one. That sounds to me, Tyler, like you are really pro-marriage um, and you're a divorce lawyer. Can, right. can you speak to that? Yes. I, I, I think it's a common misnomer to say that divorce attorneys favor divorce. I, I don't. I think my first option to tell people again is don't get divorced. Do every single thing you can to make your marriage work. Mm -hmm. But if you have done everything and you are honest about that, then I will help you. Mm -hmm. And I want to help you. I want to help you through that process. That's what I went to law school for, right? That's what I did is, is to make sure that 
So I did all those things to make sure that I could help people in the end. Um, but I don't want to see people broken up. I don't want my marriage to end. I don't want anybody's marriage to end. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I don't want bad things to happen ever, right? But we don't live in that world. And so when that world comes to your front door and you want to be prepared for it, I will help you with that. Do you find that the people that you represent welcome the, the, the I guess, honest analysis that you provide? I think so. I really do. I I had a mediation yesterday that settled and I um, told the client that first and foremost, what I want to tell you is that I think that there's a way that we could have this division of the marital estate be different than what we're looking at right now. But I want to tell you that if we got at this way, the cost might be too great. And so for you, what I recommend for you to get your life started, Mm -hmm. to start over, to begin anew, to spend time with your kids and not worry about this is to take the offer in front of you. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to take that offer, that's great. I will be there to fight with you and I will fight every day and I will fight every step of the way. Mm-hmm. But I think for you, what is best is to take the offer and to start your life. And I think he was appreciative of that because it was going to cost him not only financially, but emotionally and mentally. And so I wasn't in a sense saving him from that battle, but I was relieving him of the duty to fight it. You don't have to fight that, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. You're, you've got a good situation here for yourself and your kids. Mm-hmm. Go home and start over. Well, and so in weighing that cost-benefit, right, you're, we, you just mentioned the, the litigation costs, mm-hmm. but you also mentioned the emotional costs. Do you, do you kind of convey to clients how emotionally taxing it is to go through the, tr- like the full litigation process? And, and do you factor into them the damage that could be done to their co-parenting relationship? Absolutely. Can, can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. I, I think that the litigation cost is you can put a number on that. And so I can tell you exactly what it will cost you in the end. But I am never going to be able to tell you what a three-year divorce is going to cost your kid that is worried every single day, who do I have to live with? Who's picking me up from school today? Where, where am I going to go for Christmas? Mm-hmm. Right? Mom and dad are still in this fight. And I don't know what the end result's going to be. And I can't tell you, no one can tell you what the cost is going to be on your child mm-hmm. for that fight. Mm-hmm. And even for yourself, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm, no one's going to be able to weigh that. There's not a financial number. Right. It's going to be heavy on your heart. And, and so what I want to do is tell you that the release of the burden is not giving up. I'm not giving up my kids. I'm not giving up money. I'm not giving up property. What you're doing is you're agreeing to start it over. You're agreeing to end something that is going to end. Divorce will end up, you know, in in Texas, one person starts the divorce, right? That's all it takes, Mm -hmm. right? The other person can participate or not, right? But one person says this marriage is over, then the marriage is over. And so what I'm telling you is that something's going to end. I want you to be in the best possible position when it does end. But to answer your question, no, I, I can't tell you or anyone, a client, how much emotional damage is going to be, you know, taking a toll on them. What I can tell them is that you will feel better when this decision has been made, because there will be some pressure release. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I've heard that there are studies that show a, a client would rather have a speedy, ineffective result than a drawn out, effective result. And I think it speaks very much to that whole, you know, finality. Yeah, idea, right. Absolutely. Make the decision, get on down the road, start over. Absolutely. But when you're in that mode, what you need then is someone to tell you, wait, it's going to have an end. 
We don't need to do this in 61 days. Let's make sure that every concern you have, because you're not thinking about all the concerns that you might have right now. Mm -hmm. Let's make sure that every concern that you have is addressed. And if it's not addressed, let's find out why and mm -hmm. let's see what we can do about it. Mm -hmm. So I, I totally agree with you that the speedy option is the best option for when a client comes in on day one, mm -hmm. but on day 30, it might not be. No, right, right. It might right. not be. And again, it goes back to not knowing what you don't know. Right. Right. And that volume of information that you don't know, you know, how many, how many things could we solve in a, in an order that we don't know to put in there because we haven't been around the block before. Um, you know, what I find is that people sometimes don't include things that really could solve problems in the future. Do you mm -hmm. find that as well? Yeah. I think people, what they, what they think is my attorney doesn't need to know this, right. Or this isn't big enough to care about, or, uh, this is the way we've always done it. So my partner will certainly agree to do it the same way we've always done it. Right. And that's just not the case. What, what I ask of our clients is be 100% open and honest with me about everything and we'll handle it. Mm -hmm. And I'll be the same way with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, what I find is that conflict arises between, you know, former spouses when, you know, expectations are not conveyed and realized, right? You have one person who expects, just as you said, you know, my partner always did it this way. Why would they change? You know, I expect they're going to continue to do that. And they think, well, everything's different now because we're not living together anymore, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I find that that um, inability to express those expectations is the hardest part, right? Absolutely. And and that even, I think, harkens back to anything, really. When when you have an expectation of an employee or you have an expectation of of someone that, that you know, is, is, a, is an equal with you and those expectations aren't met, but they also weren't addressed. Exactly. They, they were also expressed. weren't. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. And mm -hmm. so, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, to talk about Dave Ramsey again, he talks about when they have to let a team member go, it's a failure on his part because they didn't meet his expectations. Did he, did he express those expectations clearly? Mm -hmm. Did I do a good job of saying, this is what I expect of you. So if you don't meet that, the consequences are going to be X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And I think clients should demand the same thing from their attorney and attorneys, the same thing from their clients. I expect that you be open and honest with me. You tell me about bank accounts. You tell me about uh, things that might affect the outcome of your case so that I can be open and honest with you about what they will, how those things will impact your case. Mm -hmm. and, and focusing on the future going forward, how, how do you stay out of my office? in the future, right? <laughs> that's, you know? that's yes. In, in today's world, there's a million different way, pieces of advice about how to stay out of a divorce attorney's option, uh, office. I think the best way is, I've said this word a thousand times, is honesty and communication. Mm -hmm. um, two words, honesty and communication. Mm -hmm. just, just being open with your counterpart about what you need, right? And then what you're willing to give, which is your whole self. And then communicate with them. Be clear about your emotions. If if you have been hurt by something that's that your partner has said, it is a vulnerability to tell them, I'm hurt by that. You're being vulnerable when you say that. Mm -hmm. um, but then also be able to receive, if they apologize for that behavior, be able to receive that apology, take it to heart, and put it out of your mind. Mm -hmm. Move out. Um, move, move on. on. Move, move on. on. You, you've expressed that you were hurt. They acknowledged that you were hurt. They apologized. And move on with it. Don't Forget. take that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't Don't take that with you. And so... I tell young couples, my wife and I tell young couples that you will have arguments, maybe even every day, little arguments, they'll range in sizes, but be open, be honest, be completely transparent about your beliefs and your feelings. And that will help you. That will help you. I also think there's, there's four principles that 
before you get married, you should talk about with your spouse. Mm -hmm. Um, Money being number one. Religion, if you're going to have religion, if you're going to follow it one way or another, there there are times when there will be families that they, uh, you know, one family practices, one family doesn't practice. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the difference there is that it, it really, you want to make sure that you have that practice and have that uh, discussion with each other uh, before. And then kids, if you're going to have them and how many. Um, and then the last thing is um, you're, strike that. Uh, religion, finances, in-laws, how you're going to treat your in-laws, mm. um, whose house you're going to go to maybe one year. Um, if you have that conversation about in-laws, kids, money, and religion, I think your success in marriage will be amplified. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Learn from the mistake of the first go-round. Right? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. Thank you so much, Tyler. Thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate you coming and visiting with us. Absolutely. You have really brought a lot to our table. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. And thank you. Thank you for coming in today and sharing our time here on Straight Talk and Honest Advice. We'll see you next time. Produced by Podcast Architects.